Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here. You know, we uh, we really love to connect with the with our church members and our church family and um, and our visitors. And so, if you're uh, looking to connect with us, you could uh, type the word "connect" to nine zero four 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 one six nine zero zero, and you will get a link tree that will tell you many different ways to connect with us. It'll tell you how to give. It'll tell you how to get a. It'll give you a copy of the digital bulletin. And it'll tell you about all the events that are going on in the life of our church. Um, <clears throat> you know, we really, really value families and marriages. And um, we have a, a wonderful ministry that's been going on for several years at State Road 16 called Reengage, And they're fixing to kick off again on August 13th. And if you would like to sign up for that, we have a table in the atrium that's for marriages. You can sign up there for the Reengage. And then in the spring, we are actually going to be bringing re-engage to this campus. We'll have uh, re-engage here at this campus. So whether you've been married two years, 20 years, five years, whether your marriage is a one or a two or a 10, you can always improve. So if you go to re-engage, that will, that will help you improve your marriage. And if I could get my wife to go, that'd be even better. But that's, that's... Hey. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm doing a lot better than I did at 8 o'clock, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's only down from here. So August, so August 6th, that is next Sunday, we are having a day of prayer. And so we will be going into our new buildings, the rec center and the next gen center. And we will be praying over those buildings. So that will be during service time, and Walter's going to give you a little more detail about that when he comes up. But we just want you all to come. Also, after, um, after church on Sunday, we are going to go, and we're going to go pray over our schools. That's very, something very important. We do that every year. We go to, go to our um, schools, and we pray over them so they can get a good kickoff to the school year. Um, we have Flourish coming up um, next week on August 4th. That's Friday. Um, that's for ladies. Men, you don't need to flourish. You, know, you let the ladies flourish. And then we have <clears throat> Kids Praise uh, registrations open tomorrow. And it's, that's for three-year-olds through fifth grade, and that'll be on Wednesday nights coming up. That'll start on the 23rd. But if you want to sign up, go to AnastasiaKids.com and sign up for that. And then um, August 13th is Pop-Up Sunday, and that's when all the children from the nursery to high school move up to the next grade level. So that's really important for our children to be in the right class for their age groups. We just really appreciate that. Now, if you all want to really know what goes on at Flourish, we're going to take a look at a video. Thank you. So lots of prayer coming up, and we want to especially remember Bill when Cindy hears what he said earlier today. We want to keep him in prayer also. Let's stand as we begin our time of worship.
prophet Isaiah saw truly who God was. He described it this way. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He was seated on his throne. He talks about how, how there was a great angelic mass around him. They were singing praise to God. And when he got a fresh glimpse of who God truly was, then and only then was he prepared later on to say, when God said, who will I send? Then he could answer, here am I, send me. We all need to have that fresh glimpse of who God truly is. Behold our God.
Thank you. If you could stand, please, and just take a moment and welcome one another here this morning, we would appreciate that. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joined heirs with Jesus as we travel this song. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. So glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joy days with Jesus as we travel this sod. church. It is so great to see all of you this morning. I have the privilege of sharing the generosity moment with you. 
And as Mr. Bill was telling you, um, next Sunday, in each one of the services, we will have the opportunity to go over to the rec center and the gen center, and you'll be given a marker, and you can write down your name and a scripture. Take your whole family with you. I encourage you to do that. Uh, when we built the, uh, God bless you, when we built, uh, built the uh, CLC, the Christian Life Center, we had the opportunity to do that. And my family and I went to the second floor area, um, in, actually in the stairwell, and we rode it there. And so I even remember that today when I walk by there and uh, pray because the second floor is we have all our women's uh, Bible studies and everything. So we have prayers all over that area, and we're going to have prayers all over there are two new areas. And so we thank you so much for your generosity in giving to the seeing the third story going on the building this morning was really something to see. And I know all of you are a part of that, and I encourage you to be a part of it next week. And I know Walter said already once about your shoes, but ladies, remember to wear some flat shoes or tennis shoes uh, so that we can be safe. Um, we just love you, and would you please pray with me? Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I lift you uh, up where you are, and I thank you so much for being here in this place with us today and always. We just love you so much. We love our church. We love our congregation. We love everyone, Father, that we can reach out into a community for our children and our youth, Lord. I just lift them up to you right now. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you. Would you stand with me? Let's remind ourselves that we have a sure, a sure guide in life. All the way my Savior leads me, what am I to ask beside? issues this summer. Uh, I just want to report to you that I went to my retina specialist on uh, Monday, and I'm cleared to go. Vision's great, so praise the God for that. 
What that means, though, is if you fall asleep in church, I can see you, okay? Okay? I can see you online, you people that are just uh, not paying attention sitting on the sofa, so you better watch out. Anyway, next week will be a very special week, and we're going to do things a little bit different. And uh, one of the things we're going to do different is that uh, we're building the two buildings. It's a rec center, which is a gymnasium, and a next-gen center. That's for preschoolers on the first floor and grade schoolers on the second floor and the college and youth on the third floor. And uh, we're, this is for families, reaching out to families in crisis. We want to be that place that's reaching out to families. We're going to be worshiping together as families next week. So when you come, you're not bringing your kids to the children's ministry and your kids to the nursery. We want you to keep your family with you. We want to all go in there together as family. So just want you to know this will be a family week, okay? So you go to the nursery, they'll tell you to go to the worship center. Everyone got that? Got it? Okay, you got it. So that's one thing that's going to be different. We're going to have our singing and our praise time like we normally do. But instead of the message, we'll, I'll come up here. I'm going, to, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then we're all going to go out to the rec center first. And then there'll be a path to the next gen center. And uh, you, you'll be given a Sharpie marker. And you'll be able to take that marker, one per family, and you can find a place on the first floor and you, of the rec center or the next gen center, and you can write a scripture verse, a reference, a prayer request, whatever you feel the Lord is leading you. If you have young kids with you, they can leave their mark, whatever they can, whatever they can write. But they're going to be out there with us uh, that day, so you're going to write on the floors. You're not going to write on the walls, okay? <laughs> No one writes on the walls. You're only going to write on the floors. Are you going to write on the walls? No. Are you going to write on the floors? Yes. Okay. Also, I understand. I understand that for some people, kneeling down is a it might be a challenge. You might want to go and pray in a group and have a designated bender. Someone who can get down and do the writing for your group. So I'm just, just putting that out there. You can have a designated uh, person to, uh, to do that. And, and like we said also, this would be a day to really consider your choice of shoes for safety. We are going to be going on a construction site. Okay, some of it's smooth, but it's a construction site. So um, please don't wear anything where your toes are exposed and if you had flat shoes, sneakers, things like that should work out well. So if you wanted to wear sneakers, wear your best sneakers to church. <laughs> Honor the Lord. And, uh, and anyway, but any, are you ready for this next week? Yeah. It's going to be great. Just keep the Lord in prayer. And then also in the afternoon, we're going to be praying over the schools. I'm going to be at R.B. Hunt Elementary School at 2 p.m. And let me tell you, a lot of places they've taken prayer out of the schools. When the school system invites us to pray, invites Chris, Christians to pray, it's a shame if Christians don't show up. So I'm going to be there 2 o'clock p.m., R.B. Hunt Elementary School in front of the, um, in front of the flagpole there. <clears throat> well, for the, the closing out of the summer, we're going to go through the book of Ruth. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Ruth in the Old Testament um, it's right after the book of Judges, and uh, just an amazing verse, amazing passage in the Bible. And uh, can I ask you to stand with me, if you can, as I read all of chapter 1, okay? And this is what the Word of God says. In the days when the judges ruled... There was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his, his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. 
And both Malon and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them. And they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. From where you go, for where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that, she was determined to go with her, and she said, no more. So the two of them went. They went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. Mara means bitter, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, and she, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. May God bless the reading of his word. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that we would learn, as Naomi learned throughout this book, that you do love us and that you do care for us and that your hand is powerful and active. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. About eight months ago, I was actually in Moab. Those of you that are on the Israel trip, we were in Moab where we stayed on the coast of the Dead Sea. That was, that was Moab. If you go to the country of Jordan, um, Jordan is really three kingdoms in the Bible. There's Ammon or Ammon, Moab, and Edom. And that's the country of Jordan right now. And so if you go across the Jordan River around where the Sea of Galilee is and, and most of Israel, that's going to be Ammon. And then you go on the other side of the Dead Sea, that's Moab. And then a little bit further south, that's Edom in the desert. So, so uh, that's where we're introduced to Ruth, that area across from Israel, across from the Dead Sea. And uh, we're introduced to her in verse 4. And Ruth is a very unlikely heroine. She, she's an unexpected heroine. And this is the first point I want to make. If you're using the notes in your bulletin, this is the first thing I want you to write down. The Lord uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. He chooses people differently. He uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. Think about this. Why is this called the book of Ruth? Because if you look at the plot line, it really seems like it's more the story of Naomi. It's saying what happened to Naomi and, what, and, and Naomi's change of force. Why is it called the book of Ruth? Uh, another interesting fact about the book of Ruth, there's a lot of dialogue in this book. A lot of, about a third of the book of Ruth is conversation and dialogue between different people. And you're having this conversation, and if this were, this were the book about the person that talked the most, it would be the man, okay? It would be the book of Boaz, 
because Boaz is the person who talked the most, but it's not the book of Boaz. Do you realize uh, in this, in the book, she's the one person, or one of two people mentioned, Orpah and herself, that uh, was not an Israelite, was not a child of Israel. The only, only book in the Old Testament that was named after someone who wasn't an Israelite. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and Ruth, she spoke the least of anybody in all the book of Ruth. She, of the dialogue, she has the least, the least uh, words that are attributed to her. But, but the words that she said, they're probably some of the most memorable words. Verses 16 and 17, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. You know, what faithfulness. What faithfulness. So here we have recorded in Hebrew scripture the most memorable words from a non-Hebrew and a woman. And this woman becomes the great-grandmother of King David. Okay? We're going to hear about that in coming weeks. I'm not going to talk about that today. That's going to be another, another sermon. Today I want to focus not on, on this. I want to focus on what God does. And the first thing I want you to know is that God uses the least expected people to do the most amazing things. You may be in here thinking, you know, I'm not worthy. I don't have great talents and gifts. I don't have great resources. I can't do great things for the Lord. The Lord will do amazing things through the least expected people. When God uses you, he's not using you because of your power. He's using you in his power and in his love and in his plan. So uh, I just want you to know that, that God can use you and he uses you with his hand. I want to focus what the Lord does. And I want to talk about the hand of the Lord. And when I talk about the hand of the Lord, uh, we're talking about the activity of God. God is working, okay? And, and a lot of times we talk about the hand of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord. In, in verse 13, uh, Naomi actually mentions this in the book of Ruth. And the hand of the Lord refers to activity because what do we do with our hands? We work. We move things. We make things. We make things happen. And this is, this is what God does. God makes things happen. God still makes things happen, doesn't he? He does. He is still working. And the Lord still works, and the Lord still has hands. Okay? And I want to see what we're going to do. If God has hands and God's working, what do I need, how do I need to relate to the hands of God? How do I need to work in the presence of the hands of God? Uh, God works in even mundane ways. Look at verse 6 of Ruth chapter 1. It says, She arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. Why? For she'd heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Now, how did God do that? Well, he brought the rain that caused the crops to, crops to grow. See, the hand of the Lord is in the rain. He, the hand of the Lord is in, in, in the rain that brought the good hand of the Lord was in withdrawing the rain and brought the famine. God works in the weather. So when you see weather around you, you know that's God working, okay? God is working. When you're looking at tracking the tropics on your telephone or on the television and you see that storm, did you realize that is God at work? That is God at work. God is in the weather. So when you talk about the weather, is it always a praise that's on your lips? That's the hand of God. God is causing the weather, okay? Or do you complain about the weather? God is active in, in working in the weather. I mean, because we know, God, you see that tropical disturbances turn into tropical depressions, turn into tropical storms, turn into hurricanes, right? Why does God bring hurricanes? Says the man whose house and job in church or on the same sandbar in the Atlantic Ocean, okay? I don't think the problem is the hurricanes. I think the problem is sometimes we put ourselves in places that maybe are more vulnerable to changes of the weather. But God is active, and I believe God is in control. He's in control of the weather. So I want to respond, even in the mundane things in the weather, I want to praise God for whatever weather I get. I'm so grateful for rain, and I'm grateful for sunny days. Sometimes it rains a long time and we say, man, it's been raining and raining and raining. 
Well, you know, if you have all sunny days, you're just in a desert. <laughs> yeah. And then we have all sunny days. We say, where's the rain? God works. God is still working today. And so just realize the hand of the Lord is active, okay? Now, there's something else amazing. I'm looking at verses 8 and 9. I'm looking at the relationships of Naomi and Orpah and Ruth, and they've gone through incredible grief. They've lost Elimelech. They've lost Malon. They've lost Kilion. They've lost the men of the family, and they're having to help each other and lift each other up in a very difficult circumstance. And as they're going through this very difficult circumstance, Naomi says in verse 8, she says, Go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you. Naomi realized that God is working. God is working in our lives. And she wants God to work in the lives of her daughters-in-law. She says, may the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and dealt with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest that each of you in the house of her husband. She wanted the hand of God to be active in the people close to her. Okay, She was praying for them, praying for rest. God is active in our relationships. You know, as we're trying to go through life, we are really broken people helping other broken people. We're broken people helping other people find hope. And we want them to find hope in the Lord and, and, and trying to bring hope in desperate situations. So what I want to say to you is that if God's hand is active, as I hold hands with other people, I also want to hold hands with God. And be that connecting point. Hold hands with God as I hold hands with us. And you can be an amazing conduit of God's power and of God's love. I want to show you a video. We have people that come to this church that do the most amazing things. And I have a testimony of, of a, a couple in our church that have gone down to Costa Rica. And they've done some amazing things trying to share the love of Jesus Christ. I'll talk to you on the other side. vision is to provide a safe, loving, and Christ-centered place where children are nurtured, taught about Jesus, and protected from sexual abuse. Since 2017, we have been traveling to the indigenous Bribri Reservation to work with the women and children there. Eight out of ten women we talk to in the Breebe community have experienced sexual abuse from an early age. The real number may be higher, as not all the women felt comfortable sharing. Here are a few of their stories. She remembers being three years old. The sexual abuse happened frequently on the weekends when the family had celebrations and the adults were intoxicated with alcohol. There were no adults to protect me, she said. She remembers being five years old. She shared with me that she has been raped all her life by male family members. She used to run away from house to house only to go through the same trauma all over again. When she got pregnant, she did not want to bring her baby to this world. She knew that if the baby was a girl, she was going to be raped. And if the baby was a boy, he was going to be a rapist. She is a brave 14-year-old girl. She told me that since she was eight years old, she has been trying to use a knife to fight off her male relatives who want to abuse her. Her uncle is the worst abuser, to whom, more often than not, she has lost her battle. These stories, and many more, demand a response. Our vision is to build shelter where at-risk women and children can share in a sustainable community, be educated, protected, and nurtured for their right to experience peace. We are developing a space where children can learn life skills in a vibrant, Christ-centered community, a safe haven where they can find peace and purpose and healing from past trauma.
Will you join us? These are people in our church that have, in part of the Anastasia family, that have started this ministry. I want to invite Corinna Beach and, and James Beach up here and just give them a warm welcome. They're holding hands with God and holding hands with other people. So, Corinna, why don't you tell them? Thank you so much for having us here. And as you were hearing the stories, I was, I was seeing the faces of the girls who spoke to me a couple years ago. And I know their names and I know their life. And there's one, these are three true stories of many, many, many more. I went to Costa Rica once in a mission trip to translate and I shared my testimony, which is based on the Sermon of the Mountain, when I, God told me, Jesus told me to stand on his rock. It doesn't matter if wind comes, rain comes, I will stay still. And when they heard that testimony, they came and they asked me, I want to know that rock. I want to stand on that rock. And many girls came to Christ that night. And as they were coming to Christ during their relationship, they had shared with me their stories. Not only girls, but also boys. Um, we want to thank you for holding hands with God, for holding hands with pastor and the church here in Anastasia so they can hold hands with us. It has been an amazing journey, and we're very grateful that we're actually part of this amazing church. And yes, so you know, we do have a, a house. One of the houses, the children's house, is called Anastasia, Casa Anastasia, which is Anastasia home. Yeah. We're just humbled and grateful to be um, sharing the ministry with you. The church has been very generous in providing the house, and we brought a team down from the church in January, and they were just rock stars. They just really brought blessings to the Bree Bree children, and I know they were blessed in return. So we just want to thank you, and we're just we're humbled by what God is doing. Our story is a very unlikely story of how we ended up being missionaries down in Costa Rica, very unexpected. So I, I'm going to be in the foyer handing out these quick connect cards and how you can get connected to our website, thenestcostarica.com, and just sharing our unlikely story of what God can do when two people are broken and say yes to him. So thank you, Amen. Pastor, for Amen. being our thank champion. You. Thank you. Thank God you bless Pastor. you. God bless you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. But this is part of our Anastasia family. These are people that, that are getting involved and, and, and recognizing that there are bad situations. And, you know, as we walk with people through bad situations, we develop relationship with them. We can also introduce them to the Lord. And the Lord is who brings the healing because God's hand is active. God, God has hands still. Okay, and God's hand is active. There's something else I want to share. Sometimes we think that when bad things happen, that God hates us. Do you know people like that? They, they say, God must hate me because this happened. God must hate me because this occurred. And, and Naomi had this same sort of reaction as well. If you look at verse 13, he says, would you therefore refrain from marrying, she says to her daughters-in-law. No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Naomi thought that God hated her. Naomi thought that God was against her. But you know what? She never turned away from the Lord. But even though she thought that God was against her, and some of you may think that too. You may think that things are bad and God must be against against me because I'm going through bad times. If you're going through bad times, that's the time you need to hold the hand of God. That's when you really need to take the hand of God. So this is the next point I want to share with you is embrace his hand when bad times come. Embrace his hand. When I need the Lord like I never needed the Lord before, this is not the time to slap his hand away. This is the time to reach out with both hands and hold on to him as tightly as I possibly can because God loves you. God loves me, and circumstances and situations are not the way we measure God's love. God loves you even in the bad times. Another thing I want to share with you, and this comes from verses 20 and uh, 21. And Naomi's gotten back into Bethlehem, and she said, Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Call me bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. She said, I went away full, and the Lord's brought me back empty. She said, God emptied me out. That, that when I'm full, uh, God, my relationship with God made me empty. And, and a lot of people feel that way. But, but let me tell you, this is not theologically correct, okay? In this passage, Naomi is not sharing theological truth. She is sharing her heart. 
You know, in the Bible, there are places where people are just sharing their heart. You know, David said, God smite all my enemies, right? That doesn't mean we're, we're saying that it's right to kill people, okay? And by this thing where she says that, that God is against her, that God is making her empty, she's not sharing, sharing theological truth. She's just sharing the deep feelings of her soul. And the point is this. Our feelings are real, and we have to deal with feelings, but dealings are not, feelings are not good conveyors of truth. If you want truth, I don't go to my feelings. If someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Walter, this is what I think about God, and I say, why? I say, because I just feel. That's not a good conveyor of truth. If you want to know the truth of God, do you know where you go? The Bible. The Bible, because Jesus is the way, and the Bible is the map. If you want truth, and, and if I look at the Bible, God doesn't move me from full to empty. He doesn't empty my tank. He fills it up. If I'm going to take the hand of the Lord, I'm going to take it not because I think he's going to drain me. God is not a draining influence. He's a filling influence. And so the next thing to write down is this. The Lord's hand brings me from emptiness to fullness. When I'm empty, he fills me up. I mean, that's what Jesus said in John 10, verse 10. In John 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants you to have a full life. The Lord wants you to have a full life. And if you ever get to this place, you think that God hates you and God is emptying you out and God is draining you, let me tell you, I don't know what circumstance you're going through, what feelings you're going through, but the truth is God loves you and he wants you to have a full life. And his hand is active. His hand is active. Um, the reason Naomi shared what was on her heart that wasn't really true is that this is Naomi of chapter 1. This is not the Naomi of chapter 4. This is not the Naomi of chapter 4 who knew how things would work out uh, with Ruth and Boaz. Or this is not, she didn't understand the reality of Matthew chapter 1 in the Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter in the New Testament where Ruth is listed as one of the ancestors of Jesus Christ. You know, She did not know that God was using her as part of something great that transformed all creation. I want you to know, if you, you had a chance to talk with Naomi up in eternity, you might find that, that she has a different perspective now, that God is the one who brings fullness. And the last point I want to share with us comes from John 10 as well. See, Jesus said, my father who's given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. Let me tell you about the hand of the Lord. That's a secure place to be. So you say the, the hand of the Lord is bringing bad circumstances, allowing bad things to happen. The hand of the Lord is making me feel bad. The hand of the Lord is bringing bad weather. And so I don't want anything to do with the hand of the Lord. Let me tell you, God's hand is active in working in this world. And when the hand of the Lord is there, he's working for you. When you see the hand of the Lord, here's what you should do. Take it. Just take the hand of the Lord. God's reaching out to us. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is reaching out to us, trying to share his love, trying to redeem us. So when you see God's hand reaching out to you, take it. When you're confused and you recognize the hand of God, take the hand of God. When you're discouraged, take the hand of God. When you're sick, take the hand of God. Because you know what? When you take the hand of God, he'll lead you. And he'll lead you eventually into fullness. And he'll lead you eventually into eternity. You know where God's going to lead me if I take his hand? All the way up into his presence. Where all the sickness is gone. All the dying is gone. All the crying is gone. All the pain is gone. And so I just want to share with you that, that we have circumstances in this life like Naomi did. But we also have a God, and our God still has hands, and our God is still working. Take his hand. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you work in power, that you're personal, that you love us, and Lord, you're able. Lord, you're greater than any situation that we have.
And Lord, if there is anyone here wondering what their next step should be and they're not in a relationship with you, Lord, they've not held hands with you, Lord, I pray that as you reach out to them and you share with them the life-changing truth of what it means to be forgiven, what it means to have a future and a destiny, Lord, that that, that person would take your hand right now, right now in this moment. Lord, if there is someone that is sad and the sorrow is just overcoming Lord, help them to take your hand and feel the comfort that only you can give. Lord, I pray if there's someone alone, that they not only take your hand, but they take hands with us as church. And Lord, that, that we together, joining together in your power, Lord, can comfort each other with the comfort that only comes from above. Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs to trust in you, Lord, this moment, let's say, Lord Jesus, right now, I know I can't save myself. I've tried and I can't. But Lord, I know you can. Lord, I'm taking your hand. I'm trusting you as my Savior. And I'm committing to you as Lord. Lord, I pray someone is doing that. And Lord, to you all the glory. And Lord, shower on us your blessings by being in that beautiful relationship with you. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're going to stand right now. If God's speaking to you and you want to respond publicly, I'll be here at the front. And and there are people here that come forward to present themselves for membership. You might want to come to present yourself for baptism. You might want someone to come and help you understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You come forward. Uh, Maybe you don't feel comfortable coming forward. Even right now, though, you can say to the Lord, I want to take your hand and I want to trust you. Let God move in this moment. I need thee every most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine Father, we thank you that you are a God who is completely capable of guiding us, of leading us, of taking us by the hand to where it is that you would have us to be. And we thank you for that, for who you are and for what you can do. And now, congregation, receive your blessing from God's word. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all of God's people who left today with that sure and certain knowledge in their hearts said together, Amen.